Welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, July 26th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachopoli. Okay, now we're good. Now we are good. All the apps are working. Volume is on. We're good. Good to go. Good to go. One day I'll master this. Yeah, three, four years. I don't know. But um, we're good to go here. Okay. Midweek, how's everything going? How is everything going for everybody? We're halfway through the week. You know, there are no, there are no holidays in the month of August. August, <clears throat> which is coming up here in a few days, is the only month without a holiday. Did you know that? I didn't know that. But that's what I've heard, that August is the only month without a holiday. Does that make any sense? Well, let's let's think about that for a second. Let's let's analyze that statement for a second. June. Does June have any holidays? I don't know about that. What's a holiday in June? I'm racking my brain now. I don't think it's a holiday in June because Memorial Day is the end of May, right? Memorial Day can't be any later than May 31. So no holidays in June. Am I missing something? July is July 4th. That's it, though, right? Just the 4th of July. But I don't think there... But someone... I forgot where I heard this. Oh, you know, I should never listen to this guy. I think it was Stephen King. I think Stephen King tweeted, August is the month with no holidays. Deal with Something like August is the month with no holiday. Deal with it. But there's got to be... June, there's no holiday. Right, because Memorial Day is the last holiday before the 4th of July. And there's no other holiday in June. It might be some some weird holiday, some fake holiday, right? But I just don't know of any holiday in June. In fact, while I'm here now, isn't this important stuff? Really important stuff. Now I have it in my brain. And I have to look it up while I'm talking here. <clears throat> oh, that's right. How could I forget? Oh, must have been a blind spot in my brain. Juneteenth. There were no holidays in June before this past year. Now, Juneteenth, Juneteenth is a holiday. That's right. So it used to be, I guess, June and August. Now it's just August. Hey, maybe we can make up a new holiday and have it in August, just so we have at least one holiday for every month. What do you th- What do you think? What What holiday can we make up? Let's 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 think about that. Let's think about it for a while. What holidays we can uh, make up for the month of August, so we have one in there somewhere. Um, did you know that you can write in bold on Twitter? that you can put your tweets in bold. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until recently. Um, And now everyone seems to be doing it. But you can't do it. At least I can't do it on my phone. There's no way for me to bold the, the wording on my app. But if I go on my laptop, if I go on the website version of, of X, sorry, sorry, Elon, X, you can put it in bold. You can put heading in bold and that actually makes your tweet stand out more now what i've done is not to be totally obnoxious and i notice 
most people are doing this. Just bold the first sentence or so, you know, not the whole thing, because that's that's too much. But if you like bold the first sentence, it really pops and people see it. So that's a new thing. People are giving Elon a lot of bullshit, but he's done a good job, right? We have a, a fair platform now. It's more open. The suspensions are, are fewer and further between. Um, it's more of a free speech forum now. And uh, these little things are helping, right? Like the bolding of, you know, the texts and he's organizing things better. And so it's, you know, he's doing a good job and he has a vision. And if you go through history, you'll find people with vision <clears throat> are often denounced, right? In, in real time. Then later on, we find out they were brilliant people, but people with a vision are often denounced because most people don't have, uh, don't have a, uh, a vision. And so they make fun of other people or they can't see it. You see, they can't see it. So Elon has this vision of X and people without vision can see. I love these people who think they know more about business than Elon Musk, right? They're more successful. They're more business minded. Elon Musk doesn't understand business, doesn't understand the world of business. It's obvious, right? It's always those people who think they know more than people who have proven that they can, that they, that they understand this field, that they've accomplished, that they've excelled in that field. And Elon Musk has certainly excelled in the field of, of business. So, I don't think we can uh, criticize him right now. You have to give a guy like that. You have to at least give a guy like that a little bit of leeway, right? Because he has been so successful in, in the business world, right? He's been so successful in the business world that you have to give him some kind of uh, leeway. And I think he has this vision for X, which is going to go beyond just social media. It's going to go into banking right he's going to go into other areas where it's going to be like a super app where you can do almost everything with it he might even start doing cell phones at some point right there might be a, a x cell phone i wouldn't i wouldn't doubt that's coming you know a new cell phone elon musk x cell phone so the guy has a vision and the guy's proven in the past that his visions can work right tesla was a vision i'm sure at the beginning of tesla with the electric car stuff, people were saying, oh, you're you're an idiot. That'll never work. And it has. I'm seeing more and more Teslas now. So, you know, it, this is we can learn from history. Like I say, people that have had vision in the past, people have made fun of them. And then it turns out they were always right because they had this vision that no one else had. And we need to. There's something about this country. I don't know what it is about the people here, about the, the incredible ignorance around so many things, but the lack of the lack of common sense or simply just, you know, not wanting, not wanting to realize the truth and the reality of, of things. So, I mean, I want to bang my head against the wall. No, I know people have a narrative. People have an agenda. I understand that. And that's part of this whole thing. The narrative the agenda and all of that. But we've so many election cycles, right? We look at people in the media. 
whether it's the mainstream media or in uh, social media. And they have been through many elections, right? They've been through many election cycles. And they see that, that things like polling haven't been accurate. And after every election cycle, they say, oh, we're not going to believe those anymore, right? And then, of course, they do believe them or they pretend to believe them. Or we'll see, you know, the year before presidential election, we've seen this election cycle after election cycle, presidential election cycle after presidential election cycle, where you're talking six, seven, eight months before the voting even starts. It says X candidate is the definite front runner. And X candidate ends up being X'd at some point between that point and when the voting starts. And this happens every election cycle. And people say, oh, well, we know that the person who's the front runner really early on, rarely if ever, ends up winning the nomination. And then <clears throat> come the next election cycle, they pretend that the front runner early on is going to win. And it's not like the last three or four elections have panned out that way, right, where the front runner a year before the primary ends up winning, right? It's not like the last few election cycles, the polls have been incredibly accurate. It's been just the opposite. Now, remember, I'll remind you again that in 2020, Bernie Sanders was the prohibitive favorite. And Bernie Sanders wasn't just a prohibitive favorite several months before the voting started. He was a prohibitive favorite, prohibitive favorite, after the first three elections, after the first two caucuses and one primary, right? Iowa caucus, New Hampshire primary, Nevada caucus. Bernie was the front runner. In fact, after the first three elections in the primary of 2020, the Democratic primary, Nate Silver had Bernie as like the 98% possibility of being the nominee. It was like Biden had no shot. And then what happened? South Carolina. And that changed everything. That one election, the fourth state that voted, changed the whole thing. All of a sudden, Biden became the prohibitive favorite and Bernie was the extreme underdog. But no one seems to talk about that. I've shown you polls from this time in 2015, six, seven months before the election, before the voting started and Jeb Bush was the front runner and Scott Walker was the guy who was right behind him. And Donald at 1%, 21 points behind Jeb Bush, 13th in the field. And what happened? What happened? Donald Trump didn't just win that nomination. He won it going away. Okay. So, and remember that Ted Cruz actually won Iowa caucus and went nowhere. But this is constant. We know this. We know this from recent history that this far out, the polls don't matter if they ever do, and that it's too early. It's too early. But yet, people have their agenda and they want to push a certain narrative. And the narrative that they want to push is that Donald Trump is the inevitable candidate. There's always the inevitability, inevitability, inevitability. How do you say that? 
I'm having trouble tonight, aren't I? Prohibitive favorite and air of inevitability. Inevitability, inevitability. Let's say it three times fast. Inevitability, inevitability, inevitability. And they want to say it a million times that he's inevitably the candidate, that that it's inevitable he can't lose. Why even vote? Why even have the debates, right? And that's part of Donald Trump's narrative himself, right? Because I'm not going to debate because I'm so far ahead. I'm so far ahead that I'm not going to, I don't need to debate because I am inevitable. The inevitable, the inevitable. I had a, my, uh, Bob Grant, I used to work for at WABC, would call, we had, at the time, in the 90s, we had the New York Yankees. They were on the broadcast, and, and Bob Show would lead in to the Yankees, and he would, he would call them the inevitables, the New York inevitables, because they had such a history of, of winning all the time. But it's funny, at, at that point, they hadn't won in a while, but he had kept that name of the inevitables because they always won. And that's what a, a lot of people want you to believe about Donald Trump, that it's inevitable that he's going to win. It doesn't matter that it's early. It doesn't matter that we know that the early candidate rarely, if ever, the early front runner rarely, if ever, wins. We know that the polls have been way off. I mean, just as recently as these past midterms, right, when it showed a Republican wave and it didn't happen. It doesn't matter. All of that doesn't matter. OK, forget everything, you know about past elections. Donald Trump is the guy. And I've talked about the reasons why they're doing this. There's always a reason why. You're saying, well, Mike, why? Why Why? why are they picking him? Why? So many people hate him. Why are they picking him? Well, yeah, the people on the left hate him. But there are two things they know about Donald Trump. One, he'll lose in the general election. And two, hey, look, he gets so at the very least, he'll get us ratings through the general election, right? And that's what we want. We want those ratings. We want those numbers. And of course, there are people on the right who just simply have Trump derangement syndrome. Or if you're Fox News, you want the ratings. And you know he gets ratings. And at the worst, at the worst, from their point of view, you'll get them through November of 2024. And maybe if, you know, if there's a miracle, he becomes president again and they get they get it for four more years. So these are the reasons. They're monetary, they're 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 uh cult reasons, they're selfish reasons, it's million reasons. And I talked about this well before DeSantis got in this race. I talked about this well before DeSantis got in this race, which is that he's gonna have to deal with this air of inevitability that the media is promoting with Donald Trump and this collaboration, if you will, unspoken collaboration between the left-wing media and places like Fox News, who both for same reasons and different reasons want to promote Donald Trump as being the nominee, without a doubt, the nominee. And this is what, you know, Ron DeSantis has to go through, right? Um, and part of that also is ignoring it, obviously, and just running, running your campaign and, you know, all this nonsense, uh, ignoring the noise that I'm talking about. What, what's bothering me, ignore that and just run your campaign. And I believe he's been doing that. I, I'm not saying he's obsessing with what I'm obsessing with. He's not. 
He's running his campaign. And he very wisely from time to time says, well, of course they're coming after me because you come after what you're afraid of. You come after the front runner. You don't come after a guy who has no chance of doing anything. Why would you bother? Of course, all of this makes sense. Yes. And he talks about that from time to time. But for the most part, part he talks about issues, which is great. And he's doing a fine job with it. But this will be the way it's going to be. Until he wins that nomination, this is the way it's going to be. That he has no chance. That nobody but Donald Trump has a chance. And you'll see these inconsistencies in logic, which really shows that these people are full of shit, right? And the inconsistencies in logic are things like, remember they said that uh, DeSantis was coming in too late. He should have come in early. Well, of course, it was ridiculous nonsense. And he's already been in it for several months, right? So that was a negative they were saying about Ron DeSantis, which is that he was waiting too long. Yet, those same people will say, well, Glenn Youngkin might get in in November. And that's fine. That's not too late. <laughs> that's not too late. And we'll talk about Youngkin more in a minute. But that's the hilarious thing. that The same people who said DeSantis got in too late are now saying, well, it's okay if Youngkin gets in seven months from now. Of course, it's idiotic. It's idiotic, but it shows what their what their narrative is. Um, or things like DeSantis has no shot. This is my favorite one. If you believe the polls, which, of course, I don't. But if you believe the polls because of history, history tells us the polls are bullshit. Not just, once again, this is not just Micah Chopley saying, oh, the polls don't say what they want them to say. I don't believe it. I'm talking about history. OK, but also the fact of the matter is, even if you were to believe the polls, here's the logic with some people. Ron DeSantis is second at 25%. He's out of it. No shot. Vivek Ramaswamy is fifth with 8%. Uh, he's got a shot. He watch, watch out for him. Once again, there's no logic to anything these people say. Because it's not about being logical. It's about, it's about pretending, having this false narrative that Trump is inevitable, that he can't be beaten. He <laughs> Even with 37 indictments and a couple of convictions and being behind bars, he's the guy. It's, it's all idiotic. Now, let's for a second, because I wanted to talk about this yesterday, Glenn Youngkin. So <laughs> if you watch Fox News, I don't watch CNN or MSNBC anymore, so they might be doing it as well. I don't know. But if you watch Fox News, they'll talk about how this is clamoring for Glenn Youngkin. Now, they do that for, first of all, there's no clamoring for Glenn Youngkin. Nobody wants Glenn Youngkin. No one's getting on their knees banging Glenn Youngkin to run for president this year. It's total horseshit, total made up. But there are a couple of reasons why they would say that. One is because they want to make it look like DeSantis has stumbled. So they wouldn't be talking about other candidates if they were fair, being fair to Ron DeSantis. They want to make it look like he has no chance and there needs to be a new guy who's the alternative to Trump, even though at the same time they're saying Trump's inevitable and DeSantis got in the election too late. But but they're big on Yunkin getting in uh, a month before the voting starts. So this is all garbage narrative. It's all throwing stuff at the wall to make the appearance that Ron DeSantis has run a poor campaign. He's out and has no shot. So we might as well talk about Glenn Yunkin and Vivek Ramaswamy. Even though, of course, Yunkin's not in the race and Ramaswamy's well behind 
Trump and DeSantis. So once again, logic doesn't matter when it comes to this stuff. It's just a matter of making it look like DeSantis has collapsed. And then you look at the facts. You go, wait a minute. I, I don't understand. He raised more money than Trump. His PAC raised like three times as much as Trump's PAC. He's got money to spend. Trump doesn't because he's spending it all on his, his defense. And there'll be a third defense about to come up. Uh, Trump is putting out these ridiculous emails uh, uh, that Fox News, I'm sorry, press releases, press releases, which means they've been released to the press. And Fox News yesterday conveniently didn't talk about this unhinged uh, press release, which even conservatives and Republicans are saying was ridiculous and has tipped some people from Trump to DeSantis unhinged release saying DeSantis is in cahoots, this wild conspiracy theory in cahoots with the Biden, with Merrick Garland. Ridiculous. Did Fox News talk about that once? Uh, I watched a couple of hours, didn't hear it mentioned once. It was a pretty big fucking thing on Twitter and social media, and it was a press release. So they got it. Um, but you know what they did cover, though? So they don't cover... Once again, this is just simply what we've seen from the left media as well, which is omitting what you don't like, like Hunter Biden's laptop. Just omit the story. Don't talk about it. It doesn't exist. Right. So they don't talk about Trump's ridiculous unhinged press release, which had former Trump supporters saying they won't support him anymore. And people saying that if he won the primary, they wouldn't vote for him now because of this crazy craziness. But what they cover is that Ron DeSantis has cut his uh, staff. Right. So they don't cover Trump's unhinged press release, but they cover the fact that DeSantis has cut back on some staffers. Well, they don't tell you, of course. Of course, they make that look like that DeSantis's campaign is in shambles. And of course, that, that desperate press release from Trump shows his campaign is in shambles, and he's very afraid of Ron DeSantis, which is why Fox won't cover it. But they cover the fact that there was a little bit of a staff, st staff cutting at the DeSantis campaign. But what they don't tell you is that this is a very normal thing for campaigns. You start out with a lot of people, then you start to cut as you go into these states like Iowa and New Hampshire, and you put most of your staff in those early states. And then later on, you can build your staff again if you need to, and they often do. And, of course, they won't talk about all of the people that have won in the past, right? The people like Obama, the people like Donald Trump, right? And Biden, who did the same things at certain points in their campaign, where they changed staff or they cut back on staff and then they hired more staff. They won't talk about this. They won't talk about all of this recent history that happens all the time in campaigns because they want to make it look like. They want to make it look like the DeSantis campaign is in shambles. And this is all what you would call narrative building. It's all to build that narrative. And it spreads into society. Yes, I know only about four or five percent of Republican voters are on Twitter. I know that only a small percentage of Republicans watch Fox News, especially religiously. I know that. Believe me, I know that Twitter is not the real world and Fox News isn't even the real world. I get it. But these narratives do get out there into the ether, right? They get out there and people believe them. People believe it. So you'll hear it. I'll hear it from friends of mine. Oh, boy, you think DeSantis is in trouble? 
I'll say, no, what makes you think he's in trouble? Well, what makes them think he's in trouble is what they see on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC by the people who have a certain narrative that they want to push. And so it does have an effect. That's why they do it. Believe me, they wouldn't do this unless it had an effect. If it had no effect, they wouldn't do it. But it does. And what they want people to believe is it's pointless to back Ron DeSantis. It's pointless not to vote for Ron DeSantis because that's still six months away. It's pointless to give money to Ron DeSantis as a individual or as a big donor. Don't waste your money. He has no shot. That's what they want to believe. Give money to Trump so he can spend it on his defense fund. That's better. So this is what they want you to believe, right? But like I said, I, for the first half hour of this show, I have complained. I played the victim. Well, I'm not playing the victim. My ears, my brain is the victim always to this bullshit. Because this is the thing. I'd almost rather, if I had a genie, one of my wishes, believe it or not, I know you think this is crazy. One of my wishes would to be ignorant. Because if I were ignorant, this wouldn't bother me. But I know better. I know how to refute all of this. I know the bullshit. I know the game. And that makes it even more maddening. I wouldn't want to strangle people if I were ignorant. But I'm not. So I really want to strangle people. But I know the game. And so knowing that game, having the political IQ to know this game makes it gut-wrenching sometimes. So I wish I wish I were ignorant. I wish I were ignorant, you know, um, sometimes you say, you know, I don't know. No, actually, my, my wish, my first wish to a genie would be for, you know, unlimited riches. I have to admit that would be my first wish. And I wish I don't know about the other two. Oh, I do know. I do know. My first wish to a genie would be unlimited wealth. My second would be unlimited health. OK, so unlimited wealth. So then you got wealth and health, unlimited wealth and unlimited health. Okay, so what else do you need? Wealth, health, and then what would be the third thing? I mean, you've got unlimited money. You're never going to get sick or die. So what, what would be the third thing? I don't know. I don't know. I want my third wish would be right now. Uh, oh, oh, I think it's very, how about this? For three wishes to a genie. I don't know how I got into this, but anyway, unlimited wealth, unlimited health, and, and unlimited peace. Because you need that, right? What good would it be to have as much money as you want, you know, live long, but the world is destroyed, right? How about that for three wishes to a genie? Wealth, health, peace. And Obama's chef. What are you talking? Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. Bill wrote Obama's chef. <laughs> Bring back Obama's chef. Yes. Um, but what I do want to talk about a little bit before we talk about Obama and uh, and Hunter is RFK Jr. was on Hannity. And uh, because he's a Democrat, but MSNBC and CNN won't put him on. So he has to go on Fox News. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? OK, well, it does, because CNN, MSNBC has their narrative they want to push. Right. So. There you go. So which is that Biden is inevitable. He has the air of inevitability, just like Trump does. Right. Of course, it's all nonsense. Um, anyway, where, where was I? Talking? OK, so he went on Hannity and I believe that um, DeSantis went on outkick with Clay Travis. I have some uh, 
audio of both of them. But this is, I want to do this because these are the two guys talk about the air of inevitability that these, that the mainstream media wants to promote for both Biden and Trump. This is the, this is the incredibly sad, crazy, sick thing. When the polls come out from regular people, like the 330 million Americans, the overwhelming majority do not want Trump or Biden in their lives for another four years. They don't want them to run. Yet the mainstream media, the corporatocracy, wants it to be Biden and Trump again. Think about that for a second. The people don't want it, but the corporatocracy wants it. So here are the two people who should be and hopefully will be the prospective nominees in their party. So this is RFK Jr. Talk about how the Democrat Party has abandoned people, including himself. I don't say whether he's up to it or not, whether he's making his own decisions. The decisions that are coming out of the White House are bad decisions. Right. And, you know, they, uh, admit the Democratic Party does not censor people, in my experience. Um, we're not the party of war. We're not the party of the neocons dictating foreign policy. We're the party of the middle class, and we're the party of working people. And that's not where the party is anymore. So there he goes, and he's right. And the Democrats know that, but they want to continue the narrative that they are the party of the working class, that they're for free speech. But they're not. See, they're not. That's the point. And so since they are not the party of the working class, they are not the party of uh, free speech. They don't want to hear from RFK Jr. because he reminds them of that. He reminds them they are no longer the party they used to be. And so they want him out of the way. They want him gone. They don't want to deal with him anymore. So they don't let him speak. That's why you don't get him on MSNBC and CNN, because he would say that, that truth. That the Democratic Party is no longer the party of the working person. It is no longer the party of anti-war. It is no longer the party of free speech. And they don't want that going out over there. They don't want that truth going out over their airwaves. So he has to go on Fox News. He has to go on Fox News. Um, we'll go back and forth. We'll go back and forth between RFK and uh, on Hannity and uh, DeSantis on OutKick with uh, Clay Travis. Um, but this is a little bit about uh, Twitter in the state on, of I have Florida. To, hold on, I'll they- cue this up here. So this is basically uh, Clay Travis talking about Kamala Harris claiming that Florida's middle school curriculum included lessons on how enslaved people benefited from, you know, uh, doing stuff. And I, I, I talked about this yesterday with, with Gutfeld. With talking about how the people who were in concentration camps, if they learn trades, it may help them survive. Of course, a, a perfectly, whether it's the slavery or the uh, Holocaust, it's, it's, it's total truth. Once again, it's uncomfortable truth. It's uncomfortable history, but it's truth. And so you have people... The Democrats are going crazy over the Florida thing, and a lot of people are going crazy over Gutfeld because they don't want – they don't like the truth. They can't handle it. You can't handle the truth. It's true. A lot of people can't handle it. 
and they don't want the truth being taught in schools and they don't want the truth being said by RFK Jr. And they don't want the truth being said by Greg Gutfeld. They want their comfortable, whatever feels comfortable and warm and fuzzy. Okay, shut up, Mike. Let's listen to Ron DeSantis talk about this. Kamala Harris uh, has come after you uh, over uh, what she is saying is flawed reporting. Uh, sorry, uh, the new rules for how to teach history in Florida. And I'm reading directly from her Twitter account. In the state of Florida, they decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not stand for it. That's the vice president, Kamala Harris. When you saw this, when you hear this, what's your reaction? Well, obviously she's lying, but then you know that there is going to be corporate press that are going to run with that and try to create a narrative. Now, there's actually been some that have pushed back because it's so egregious. Interesting, you know, when we got rid of critical race theory a couple years ago, we, in the bill that we did, we said, you must teach accurate history. You must teach about racial discrimination. You must teach about all aspects of African-American history because we believe in true history. The left and the media at the time was saying Florida doesn't want to have any 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 African-American history. So the standards that were developed, these are black history scholars, many of whom were African-American themselves. They worked on this. There's like I mean, it's very, very thorough. And it is every little uh, aspect uh, of not slavery, but but the black experience in America from colonial times to the beginning. No one can read those and think somehow that they are shilling. Up yes. for I mean, it's ridiculous. So everybody knows that. But she said that there were they said there was not going to be any black history. Now they're saying that somehow this is not not accurate. And the reality is, um, you know, they're lying again. They're creating a narrative. But, you know, you actually had some of these guys go on TV. Yeah. Um, you know, one of them is an African-American scholar. And he's like, everything we did here is factual. It's truthful. We are not doing an agenda. We're just telling the truth. And I think the reason why Harris and Biden and the left and the media react is because what they see we're doing in Florida is we've kneecapped their ability to use American history to advance their modern day agenda. That is not the appropriate use of history. So they're doing that. Now they're saying, oh, well, there was a provision in there that say somehow this was good. That's not what it says. What it says was that there were slaves that developed skills, which they did, but that was in spite of slavery. That right. wasn't because of slavery. And then they used those skills post bellum uh, to be able to provide for themselves and their families. And so this scholar who's been on TV, you know, he that's my history. Like, like I'm not going to let Kamala Harris erase my history. Like, that's true. And that's what happened. Do you think she is making a decision to intentionally lie? Or do you think she's lazy and hasn't done her research here? Or do you think this oh, is just... She obviously is not doing any research. She hasn't read the standards. She was given this probably by an aide. Uh, She probably knows that given the fact of how these standards came into being, you know, these are serious people that developed them. They were vetted. You actually have teachers unions now, left wing teachers unions attacking it. But the unions were involved in in this and they they were complimenting it as it was going on. It was it was done in the open for many, many months. Yep. And no one said anything. And so then they figured, well, maybe we can demagogue and do it. So so they know exactly what they're doing yeah so that's him on the kamala harris thing you know it's amazing that we have to respond i want once again i want republicans to understand this that right now we can respond to kamala harris she's just by hey she could still be president right in this term you never know with with biden but uh she certainly will be president in a biden second term and mark my words like i said 
they'll put her in within the first two years so she can run for re-election twice and serve up to a decade. So I want people to understand that. We can make fun of Kamala Harris now. We can talk about how idiotic she is and her word salads. But understand that she could very well, she will, she will be, she will be president if Biden wins again. So understand that. Uh, let it absorb it, absorb it. But that's a great answer, right? So that's what I was saying with the his response on the on the on the slavery thing that they learn these skills in spite of being slaves, not not because of slavery. They think about that. They were able to build skills they use post antebellum, as he said, as slaves. So what's our excuse? Everyone, not just black people, white people. What's our excuse now? What's holding us back now? That's something that should be learned. If I'm a student, I think if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a if I'm a good student, I make that connection. I go, holy shit, these people who were slaves were able to do this. Why can't I do it? Why can't I do it? Right, in spite of that, in spite of slavery. And so the Gutfeld comment, which I want to get to just for a second again, because it's similar, is that there were people in concentration camps that was a little bit different because. Obviously, maybe some of the trades people learned there, they, you know, used if they survived later in life. I don't know. But that was more of like the slavery. It wasn't you had to learn something to to live. It was more, you know, you could use it later. Um, with the Holocaust, it was you needed to, you know, they needed to try to show they were as useful as possible in order to survive another day. And one of the people who did survive and learn skills wrote about this. And uh, that's what Gutfeld was referencing. He was referencing what this man wrote about his time in concentration camps. And it was totally accurate. Neither Ron DeSantis nor Greg Gutfeld are saying that slavery was good or the Holocaust was good. This is absolutely ridiculous. No one, neither Ron DeSantis nor Greg Gutfeld are saying that blacks deserve to be slaves or Jews deserve to be in, a, in concentration camps or they were weak. That's all made up. That's all made up by people who want to propel a certain narrative. That's all it is. And once again, these are uncomfortable things to talk about. Slavery, the Holocaust, having to learn skills to survive, to stay alive, to uh, a, a, a skill while you're a slave, learning stuff while you're a, in, enslaved. These aren't easy things to talk about or teach, but they're important and they're real. They are not made up. <clears throat> so I'll continue to defend Ron DeSantis and Greg Gutfeld. On those comments. Okay, here's a. Let's go back to RFK. I like this. These are. Think about this while I'm playing these clips. Imagine these two guys debating each other. How great would this be? How great would this be? These guys are talking about real fucking issues. They're not talking about. And they, he he named he calls himself DeSantis instead of DeSantis. Fucking retard he is. There's not that. We don't have. Oh, how do I get off the stage? Which way do I go? Come on, people. I know I'm preaching to the converted. I understand. Like I said, sometimes I wish I was just ignorant and didn't know this stuff. Okay, but this is uh, RFK, once again on Hannity, uh, talking about the free market capitalism. Okay, because Hannity wanted to talk about free market capitalism. 
Um, but, uh, and it is, I mean, we don't have free market capitalism in this country. We have corporate crony capitalism. We have a... system of of cushy socialism for the super rich and this, this uh, brutal a kind of brutal savage merciless capitalism for the poor and it's all designed to strip mine the middle class of this country of all of their equity all of their assets and move it to the upper echelons and and you know the covid lockdowns with a final straw, COVID lockdowns, we created a billionaire a day, and this was Trump and Biden. Of 500 days of lockdowns, we created a billionaire a day. We moved $4 trillion from the American middle class to the super rich. We, uh, the people who came into the lockdown with thirty with a billion dollars increased their wealth on average by 30%. And, you, and, you know, we closed 3.3 million businesses. And so that in retrospect, uh, and, and I give for a period of time in the early days, nobody knew what the hell they were dealing with. Let's be fair. But there came. Uh, I'm a, not going to be fair. Sorry, right, you don't be fair. No, in the early days. Well, it probably goes on longer. I don't know where the clip is. Um, uh, but uh, Hannity's full of shit there in the early days. Early days of what? Early days of civilization? Yeah. Yeah. If this happened in 1420. I'd have to give you know a little bit of leeway, but I think I think that's where Ronda Sant RFK Junior was going there. <laughs> RFK DeSantis was going there, and it was um, that this is 2020. This this wasn't 1420. Okay, so we know how to handle these things. We we've, we've been taught these people are supposedly taught how to handle these things, and so it's not like this came out of nowhere. This was a cold virus. And this wasn't the first cold virus in the history of the world, or we did this a hundred years ago with the flu, right? So we have history of knowing what works, what doesn't work. We have a hundred years of medicine since the 1918 flu. So it's total bullshit. Plus, um, I'll just remind Mr. Hannity and others that there were a lot of people who knew what they were talking about and they were censored, you see. And that's probably where RFK went with that, right? Where people who had the contrarian opinion of the Fauci's and the Trump's were talking about that and they were trying to get their word through, the message through, and they were being censored and canceled. So Hannity is full of shit that everyone was just taken aback and blown away and never seen a cold virus in the history of the country in the third decade of the 21st century. Give me a fucking break. Okay, so that's Kennedy on that and he's right. And he was getting applause when he was talking about capitalism from a Fox News crowd. That's a Sean Hannity crowd. That's not a Rachel Maddow crowd. That's a Sean Hannity crowd. Because they know the truth. These are real people. These are regular people, regular working people. This is why the Democratic Party wants to silence this man. Shut up. Toe the party line. This is where the party is now. Too bad if you don't like it. Cult. Be in the cult. Be in the cult. Well, here's this is a good follow up. This is Kennedy uh, actually disagreeing with Hannity after he said that ivermectin wasn't effective in uh, in in treating COVID. Let's see if I can cue this. Up. 
So if they had admitted that hydroxychloroquine, which they knew from day one, that it worked against uh, against COVID, they well, could they not have killed Henry their Ford, 88 Henry million Ford Hospital, what? after the fact, came out and said that taken early, it mitigated symptoms. That's what I took out of that. And there were other studies that followed. I never on ivermectin that showed it was effective. However, monoclonal antibodies seemed to be a, a therapeutic that worked very well, but that was also experimental. Well, the, the thing is, you don't know about those studies because the press is not reporting them, but you go to Merrill Mass's website, Dr. Merrill Mass, who's an expert in bioterrorism, or Harvey Rich, who's Leader, world's leading epidemiologist at Yale, and they have a list of 199 studies that show that ivermectin is, is on average about 85% effects against serious disease and death, and four, 400 studies that show the same about hydroxychloroquine. Well, yeah, I got to break back more of our exclusive town hall, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for the hour. So even Hannity, who's, you know, believed a lot of bullshit. But remember, Hannity is Trump, right? That's Trump. Trump is the father of the vaccine. We know that. Trump admittedly is the father of the vaccine. He still praises that he's the father of the vaccine. So that's, you have to look at Hannity's own um, reasons for believing certain things, right? Um, But this is part of it. This was like, we know that all this stuff was censored, right? It was all censored. So, of course, you would think that everyone was blown blown back by this. No one knew what was going on. You would think that things like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin didn't work because all the stuff, all the studies, all the people who were saying, no, 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 were censored. All that information was omitted. So you only got one side. And if a little bit snuck through, it was automatically attacked as being conspiracy theory, right? So these are the reasons why the left wants RFK Jr. uh, silenced, right? They want him silenced because he's telling the truth. He's telling the truth about what's happened, the truth about what's happened to the Democratic Party. Really, never in my life, and I know RFK has said this in the past, have I seen, would I have ever thought that the Democratic Party would be the party of of censorship, would be the party of war, would be the party of the rich, would be the party of corporate America, and I'm not saying there are certain people in the Republican Party who aren't that way. Lindsey Graham, Trump's great friend, his great in, in, endorser. Lindsey Graham is a total, you know, neocon prick. But the party itself, the Democrats, see, the, the Republican Party never said they weren't that stuff, right? The Republican Party was never known as the anti-war party. They never said that. They never said we're the party of anti-war, of kumbaya, of, of, of marshmallows and the fireplace. They never, they never said that. They never said they were the party of, of uh, anti-corporate America. They never said that. They, they never said they, they were the anti-Big Pharma party. But the Democratic Party always said that. And people within that party, especially like Bernie Sanders, they wore it on their sleeve. And it was all bullshit. 
It was all bullshit. So at least if I know where you're coming from, if you're straight up with me, I can negotiate with you. Right? I can meet you halfway. But if you're a total bullshit artist, piece of shit charlatan, I, wh wh where do we go? Because you can't be believed. And the Democrat Party can't be believed anymore. It's simple. They cannot be believed anymore. When you have a guy whose whole campaign, two campaigns in 2016 and 2020, is how evil Big Pharma is, then doesn't say one word about Big Pharma's profits during COVID, about their pushing a vaccine to make money without testing it properly, and going after people who promote studies that show that these cheaper drugs work. When you don't do any of that for three years, you are a total fake, a phony, and a fraud. And I don't want to hear from you anymore. I can't. There's a, there's a line in Rosemary, one of my favorite films, Rosemary's Baby, where it's towards the end and she's realizing all this going on with the, you know, with the devil worship and stuff and how she's been lied to. And she says to one of the characters, I, I can't hear you. I don't hear you. You're in Dubrovnik. Because that character lied about being out of the country and is not. So that's a great line. I can't hear you. You're in Dubrovnik. But you've lied to me about everything. I'm not, I'm not, I can't hear you and you don't exist. You don't exist. And that's what I say about people like Bernie Sanders and the Democratic Party. You cannot trust them because they have lied to us. And they won't let someone like RF, not only will they not let him get his word out, but they will slander him and defame him and try to make him look like a total whack job kook. So Listen to anything he says. So if he says the temperature is 75 and the temperature is 75, you don't want to, even want to hear that because you don't believe him. That's what they do. It's called character assassination. It's called character assassination, and they are really good at it. Here's a clip. Bill, if you want to come on, just give me another two minutes, and I just want to go through... Uh, a couple of more of these clips here. Oh, and also I want to talk about, this is very important. This is in line with the COVID. I don't know if anyone saw this today, and maybe if Daniel's available, uh, if Daniel doesn't have a Bob's donut in his mouth, maybe he can talk about this. But this is a this is big, I think, and this is actually devastating. When I say criminal charges need to be filed against people during COVID because of COVID and the mandates and policies and so on and so forth, this makes it even more um, prudent. A new peer-reviewed study finds that one in 35, one in 35 booster recipients had vaccine-associated myocardial injury. Okay? Once again, one in 35 booster recipients had vaccine-associated myocardial injury. This is peer-reviewed now. We knew, we, we had heard about this, but it wasn't peer-reviewed yet. No, that was not peer-reviewed. Peer, I, I love how all these people are like, oh no, we need to see the peer-reviewed study 
But they didn't need to see any peer-reviewed studies on the safety of the vaccines, the efficacy of the vaccines, masks if they stop the spread of COVID, social distancing. There were no peer-reviewed studies need to believe any of that garbage. But, oh, my God, no, no, no. Give us the peer-reviewed on the vaccine injuries or you're a nut job. We don't want to hear from you. Well, now there's an actual peer-reviewed study that finds that one in 35. If I'm right, <clears throat> what is that, 3%? Is that 3% of people? Yeah. A three in a hundred. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Three percent. That's what they said the mortality rate from COVID was going to be, right? Which, of course, would have been <laughs> absolutely devastating. And of course, it wasn't. But this is three percent now had vaccine associated myocardial injury. This is just people need to go to jail. I mean, it's just. It's obvious that people need to go to jail. And if people don't go to jail for all this, they'll do it again. And who cares if they do it again in our lifetime or the next version? They shouldn't be able to do this again. A new Swiss study claims that heart injuries from COVID vaccines are 3,000 times higher than thought. This is out of uh, Switzerland. Not out of Mississippi. Not out of Trump country. Not out of uh, RFK land. This is This is... In Switzerland, that uh, 3,000 times higher heart injuries from COVID vaccine. Okay. Yeah, 3% of U.S. population. Uh, Daniel does have a donut in his mouth. Okay. So he said, but he's able, he's able to write. That's good. He's able to write. And he says 3% of the U.S. population equals 10 million people. 3% of 330 million divided by 27 times 8. Yes, he's right. That's about 10 million people. That's the, Remember, that's what they were telling us when COVID first started, that 10 million people were going to... Now, look, Hannity's full of shit. No one ever really thought that 10 million people were going to die of COVID. 10 million people that got COVID would die. No one ever ever fucking believe that but that's what they said in fact some people said five percent right that'll be what 16 17 million they never believed that they said it to scare the shit out of everybody okay but yes so this is now a peer-reviewed study showing that three percent that's 10 million that would be 10 million right okay so it's just incredible it's absolutely incredible. Okay. Uh, I do want to go to one more clip here. This is this is DeSantis. Maybe, maybe a couple more. This was pretty good, the DeSantis. You should check it out if you can. Outkick, DeSantis and Clay Travis. Um, and once again, it was Sean Hannity who interviewed RFK Jr. You could probably find that on the internet on the interweb as as well. Um, actually, a few more clips. I'm going to go to the laptop because that's where they are. Hopefully you can hear this. This is RFK talking about <clears throat> how the vaccines and lockdowns were pretty much a failure. And he talks about what he would have done. Everybody okay, here we go. Let me see if I can get it. In this country, everybody in this room were told things that turned out to be 
absolutely false. If you take the vaccine, you're never going to get COVID. You take the vaccine, you're not going to infect other people. They had one broad general health policy. Take the shot, take boosters. And meanwhile, they never considered or factored in natural immunity. If you brought it up, you were beaten up, you know, publicly. I, the pressure that was brought to bear on me to tell people what they should do was uh, unrelenting. And I'm not a doctor. I don't know people's medical histories, pre-existing conditions, comorbidities. I'm not qualified, so I didn't tell them what to do. I said, talk to your doctor, make an informed decision. But you think the whole thing was that bad? That well, what? We've had the WHO, CDC, the DHS, and they've worked very, very carefully on pandemic preparedness protocols. And all of those protocols said you never lock down a population. First of all, you cannot stop a respiratory virus from lockdowns. You're going to actually amplify it because they spread indoors. And what all the orthodox protocols said is that you quarantine the sick, you protect the vulnerable, and then you let the population continue because when you shut down businesses, that kills people. Unemployment kills people. In retrospect, what would you have done differently? I would have done everything differently. I mean, number one, doctors, physicians who are trying to say, hey, I'm using a treatment, a protocol that actually works. I'm using therapeutics that work. Those people are silenced. We should have done the opposite and have them report what treatments were they using, what was working. We know now there were dozens and dozens of therapeutic drugs that were off-the-shelf drugs that obliterated. talking about HCQ. Are you The problem was not only did they not focus on those, but they tried to prevent the public from getting access to them. You don't know about those studies because the press is not reporting them. If you like this video So though sorry, that's part of that's a Kennedy video. So yeah, so there you go. More of it, you know, where they said vaccines and lockdowns. It's a must. We know it. They didn't know anything. They didn't know shit. And they silenced people who said otherwise. They silenced the people who said, we know you're full of shit. This is why you're full of shit. We have proof that you're full of shit. And they said, no, we're going to silence you. You're not going to be heard. So the people who silenced, the people who are responsible, it's not so hard. You get the FBI, the CIA, you get a few very smart detectives from New York City in on this. And you could trace back the people who did this stuff. And they should go to jail. They should go to jail. We have a First Amendment for a reason here. And this is the most important reason for the First Amendment. So people can get all different sides of the story here and make their own informed decisions and not be handed just propaganda like, like Communist Party propaganda. Um, and I'll get to you, Sitting Bull. <laughs> We're going to get you a real neck, Sitting Bull, uh, in a second from uh, from SoCal, right? He's from SoCal, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, but uh, I do want to just play this clip, if I can cue it up here. Um, this is DeSantis. Let me see. There are two. Which one do I want to play? We can. He can't. Okay. No. Let's talk about. Let's let's do this, and I'll go to call. This is a uh, Ron DeSantis once again on Clay Travis and uh, Outkick, <laughs> and he's talking about the corporate media. And like I've said trying to take him out, going after him, specifically a hell of a lot more these days than Donald Trump. Take me out for years, 
starting with COVID. I mean, it would, that was relentless. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we just stood strong on that and basically, you know, wrote it out. But then really, as soon as I won re-election so big, they're like, oh my gosh, this guy, we got to deal with him. I mean, it has been, you know, constantly negative since then, for sure, even leading up to this. And now it's, you know, whatever you do, it's like, oh, you know, this or that. So um, it's a sign of strength because if they didn't see me as somebody who was a threat, they would ignore me. They would not be so fixated. And I've been attacked by corporate press uh, this year more than Biden has or more than Trump has in terms of their narratives. I mean, I've been the number one target on that. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes you know, there's a great static. And so you don't want that in a campaign on the one hand. On the other hand, our voters do know, you know, who, who are their enemies? Yeah. One of enemies is the corporate press. And if I am the one that the corporate press fears, that will help me in the eyes of these voters. They tried to take me out for years, starting with COVID. Okay, sorry, I mean, going back with the same thing. Let me, yeah. let me shut and this. I, okay, so there, there. That's he's talking about what I had been saying that the reason why they're all going after him, whether it's the left media, Fox News, or or, or lying about him, or Trump himself, is because he's a threat. You don't bother. This is just life. You don't bother dealing with someone who's not a threat to you, who is meaningless, who has no chance of accomplishing anything. So, sitting bull. What's your name, by the way? Hey, how's it going? Uh, my name, my real name's Andrew. Andrew, that's yeah. a nice name. Yeah, yeah okay. it's pretty, Great. pretty simple. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I was going to tell you. Um, a major- I think a majority of this, like, really stems from the um, the um, the concept people lost the voice for themselves, you know, and they follow a narrative because uh, over so much time they haven't been able to utilize critical thinking skills and things like that. So we kind of, people just go with the flow. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't even, so this is, this is a funny issue with the whole Democrats and the democratic voters and things like this. Um, I kind of like the whole Cornell, Cornell West thing going ahead and um, uh, going ahead and going third party. Right. It, uh, it it shows how much uh, the democratic uh, party wants to go ahead and um, utilize Utilize people like Ron DeSantis to a certain degree, but once they get enough clout for themselves or enough, like, you know, following behind them, it's like, oh, shit, now that's a threat. Now that's going to go ahead and support Trump. You know what I mean? Because all the followers of Ron DeSantis will go to Trump if Ron DeSantis doesn't become primary, right? Cornell West is an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Here's the question with Cornell West. If the nominee, God forbid, is, is Donald Trump, he's not going to take much away from Biden because those people are going to be afraid of letting Trump win, right? So they're going to well, do the same old do, shit they always do. do you think, we have to vote for Biden because we can't allow Trump to win, but Trump, but Trump. And the Democrats will be hammering that for months and months and months. Now, if the nominee is, is DeSantis, it, it, is, it is very possible that, uh, that Cornell West could get some votes away from Joe Biden. Once again, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say and I, in every aspect that I've talked about, if Trump is the nominee, Biden is going to win. He just is. Where if DeSantis yeah. is the nominee, he could actually win. Cornell West I think, will. Well, because DeSantis is going to have that, once again, he doesn't have that, that Trump derangement syndrome. People are like, oh, it can't be Trump. It can't be Trump. Well, this is the, no matter how this many is bad what I was things the Democrats say about DeSantis. Sorry, let's talk in a minute. But no, no matter no. how many bad things the Democrats say about DeSantis, he'll never have that derangement syndrome hold off of people the way Trump does, where they have to come out and vote against him. They have to vote for uh, Joe Biden. So, but will Cornell West get 
the Bernie Sanders well, voters. He has like a, support. A, a very big following right now. I think they said he was polling like 60%, something like that, 60%. Um, and, and, and my main thing is this. If Cornell West goes ahead and uh, let's say Donald Trump becomes primary and then uh, Cornell West says, well, I know I'm not going to win, but look it. Hey, you guys have already had Biden. You guys have already experienced it. You guys, you know, you've been in the climate of Biden and Trump. Which one was better for you? And in that regard, a lot of people are going to probably, if, if Cornell West goes ahead and says, hey, vote for Trump. If you vote for, if a vote for me is a vote for Trump. I think then you'll have an issue, right? Yeah. Um, and and with the whole derangement, I definitely agree with you right there that they, they, with Trump, the Democrats do have a very good, uh, media, oh, look at how Trump did this and this and this and all the flaws that that man has and just within his character, you know, little baby syndrome and stuff like that. Definitely attack him. Definitely. Well, I, would, I wouldn't put it past Cornell West to drop out if Trump is the nominee. Well, that, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. So if, 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 if DeSantis is the nominee, he'll, he'll stay mm-hmm. in there. So yeah. if Cornell West goes ahead and gets like that following that i'm saying that like fuck you follow me um i don't care if you follow me or not i have enough followers he can go ahead and have some major um pull in in that political aspect because then you know how it is man people go ahead and say hey well look at i know you're not, you know you and i both know you're not gonna win but go ahead and uh go ahead and uh vote tell tell your voters to vote for me and we'll hook you up right as when we get into the presidency and i think that right. that that, yeah. That's going to play. Uh, that could play. Depend because Cornell West is a wild card in that regard. You don't know if he's going to go Trump or you don't know if he's going to go Biden since the climate's so mysterious right now. But what I was going to say about um, about uh, the whole the whole um, the the Trump following of like these the, the the derangement syndrome, I think that goes ahead and reverses as well, because you do have a lot of people on the left ignoring the the rhetoric of of um of anything that's that's with again against Biden right like any any rhetoric any any oh well he did this it's it's overlooked and um i think a lot of people are starting to notice like that that kind of delusion syndrome where we'll blame one president but won't take the accountability for our president or whatever you know what i mean so i think that that plays in the in the regard to um People can go ahead and look at it. It depends on how they look at it, whether or not they're looking at it like, oh, okay, yeah, Trump was a fucking madman, but Biden did this, this, and this, this, and this, right? Like, if if they're putting it out on a table and then they're looking at it, I think it's just, it's, it's, this is the thing we were talking about yesterday, is it's like, who who do we go ahead and look at as is wrong because they're both fucked up right it's a salt and it's a salt and it's a piece of cheese and a fucking uh, mousetrap did you see what happened to mitch mcconnell where he just froze yeah yeah. he had like a seizure and and this is what i was saying a lot of people usually make memes about it right a lot of people go ahead and make jokes about it right and they laugh it off and oh mitch mcconnell is okay he just had a little moment right and then they glance over it but now if you look at the climate how people are responding to this they're saying why are we having people like this in our in these positions of power when they're yes. questioning it at a, at a better rate than what they normally would and i think if we have um if we have that same concept in in our voting in this primary um or in these elections i should um i think we're gonna have it's gonna be interesting to say the least but yeah no thank you for letting me uh speak. Yeah, he, he had and, a seizure yeah no yeah it. exactly right he has like Fuck. this little 
mini stroke or seizure or something. And it's just what it look, proves the point I was talking about yesterday, Andrew. There needs to be like there needs to be one term limits, right? If there were term limits, there'd be no Mitch McConnell. Very long time ago, he'd be out of politics. But also, there needs to be age limits. And it could be age limits not only running for president, it could be age limits running for any office, right? People with control, with power, with extreme power, like someone in the Congress or the head of the House or the Speaker of the House or the, the Senate majority or minority leader, there should be a... A, a, a maximum, and I'm hearing people starting to talk about this more, and they use the same uh, logic I use, which is that if you're going to have a minimum age, then you should be also be able to have a maximum age. It's just common sense. But see that it's not ageism. Most of these people, like McConnell, Biden, at their age, would have trouble getting a job at Walmart as a greeter at that age. Yeah, but you know, you know what that all plays into. It's the 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 corporate ties and the way they pass these policies to not implement anything like that. Like uh, oh, yeah. Warren Buffett, Warren Buffett says it the best when he's like, "I could end this Ukraine war. I could end the deficit right now. We just got to go ahead and hold these people accountable." When a politician goes ahead and and, and or when uh, the the our percent or this drops a certain percentage and we end up uh, through going through inflation or this, that, or the other, we got to go ahead and um, put holds on all the wages of the politicians until they fix some shit, you know? And well, that's they, the thing. They want we, these jobs for life. They want yeah. the, why, why wouldn't you want, even at 80 years old, you want more money coming in? Why not? If you can have a quarter million a year in salary with benefits and everything that comes with it at 80, why wouldn't you Take well, it. I don't. E- I don't even think it's a concept about the money that they need well, to the inherit. Power. Well, the, the, power. Mo- the power, yeah, the yeah. yeah, the money holds the power, keeps the policies going, keeps everything flowing. If That's you a look nice at a majority, it's of a nice job. You get a nice office, you get a nice yeah. condo, you get a you nice it, secretary, at, you get a look gym. At their bank accounts. You know yeah. what I mean? Look at the way that they're. Look at what they're getting in. Look at what they're putting out and what they're putting their money. Like Nancy Pelosi, prime example. You know, the, yeah. the whole of her literally fucking stock trading and you yeah know, you stay in the public limelight you get to make speeches and make 100 you know, percent right so yeah why then, would you, in other words they're gonna need to be forced to give it up ex- they're not gonna do exactly it and, the, and that but if you have a maximum age you'll force them to also look just term limit you wouldn't even need a, va- a maximum age. you would need a maximum age when it comes to maybe running for office like president or such but if you had term limits most of these people they go into congress at a young age they would not make it anywhere near 80 years mm-hmm. old. And then if you if you really like, you know, if you if you extrapolate on this point and you look at, OK, if we did put a requirement on this, you would start to see a narrative playing out that these people are funding each other. And, you know, uh, their their <clears throat> their interests all converge because you'll see either their nephew or their cousin or this, that or the other take their position. Um Probably even without any experience, really. We have a couple of judges that are <clears throat> in those positions. Uh, Biden elected them, put them in there. Um, but that, that's the thing. It's it, until we get to a point where us as an American voter, or as American civilian, we have to critically think and critically look at these things and uh, implement policies. Uh, these things aren't going to change because it starts with the youth. The youth has to get into this. And I think that's why we have this big war on, uh, on, the, on the young minds, you know? Yeah. 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 No, look, Daniel says Biden. Look, you don't want to get Daniel says Biden's not going to make it to next year. Well, 
look, we don't want to sound like these crazy climate people who say every five years the world's going to end. It doesn't end. Many people were saying Biden wasn't going to make it to the election in 2020. Then they said he wouldn't make it to 2021. Then they said he wouldn't make it to 2022. And here we are in 2023 and he's still alive and, and president. So, look, it, it, he's probably going to make it another year. I don't think he'd make another five. That's a stretch, right? When you're 80, 81, you go by the year, right? Um, but talking five years, I think we can safely say five years <laughs> is a problem. But do I think Biden's not going to make it to January, February next year? No, I think he'll make it. But as what? As a guy who doesn't know how to, you know, uh, walk off a stage, uh, who calls people up who are dead, who <laughs> goes to shake invisible hands, who says things like, you know, uh, we have a... Uh, uh, rail going from here to Asia What the hell or saying things like I am the AI. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is what we have to deal with. So Biden is here. I think he'll still be here next year. But so what? I mean, this apple on my table here will be here if I wanted to next year. It won't look really good, but it'll be here anyway. Uh, Andrew, anything else? No, brother. No, man. that's all. OK, Andrew, thanks. Thanks, sir. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, What's up, Bill? Can you hear me okay, yeah, Mike? absolutely. Are you upset that the didn't give Hunter a plea deal? <laughs> Are you upset by that? Give him the old razzle, dazzle, <laughs> okay, razzle, so dazzle. Do you know, what does this mean? So he's not getting that cushy deal today, right? Uh, does that mean he'll get it tomorrow? You know, Mike, I don't... I don't get into the right life paradigm. It's, you know, they're both part of the same dirty ass. You know how I feel about it. They're just puppets for the multi-generational interbreeding oligarchs. Come on, let's cut through the bullshit. Interbreeding? So, interbreeding? That sounds like science fiction. No. Are you <laughs> kidding me? All you got to go back is several hundred years. See how the the top families keep the money within and the power within by interbreeding. They even develop uh, hemophilia problems. That's Daniel. <laughs> I mean, about the interbreeding yeah. bloodline but, issues. You know, to, to, on, a, on a side note, talking about Biden not making it to next year, don't you notice? I know this is not a coincidence. <sighs> the president, you know, people who are in the Senate, like McConnell or President Biden, or even like a Supreme Court, like Clarence Thomas or Ruth Bader Ginsburg, they seem to live forever. We don't. Well, that's, that's the, do. that's we don't the, live do. forever, Bill, but they do. Why? Adrenochrome. What is that? What is that? It's, it's depicted in the uh, Sound of Freedom. It's the sex trafficking and the budding, the, the massacre of children and sex cult uh, worship and also the blood letting and blood drinking. Really? Yeah. Just I didn't know. Well, remember I told you about Robert David Steele? The well, guy wait, was, how about this, Bill? Bill, you know me. I'm always want to be the anti-conspiracy person. I, 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 it's I, not I, conspiracy, Mike. No, you're, no, no. you're in what denial. About, no, but what about this? What about this? They get better health care than we do. They have better access to doctors and uh, than we do. And well, that's not listen, exactly fair. There's either. eight million kids go missing. We're in complete denial in this country. What's really going on? And it's going been going on for many generations. You know, and, and they play us. The the, the, the political right-left paradigm is just to keep you distracted 
It's all it is. All you got to do is study back in history. Well, it's a very entertaining distraction, I have to admit. Yeah, well, I don't. I, you know, I know you love it, but to me, it's 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 a waste of time because the presidents are selected, not elected. If you follow the bloodlines of the presidents, of who they married, who they interbreed, they all are related. You go back and back and back, you'll find there was actually a young girl who put the genealogy together. I I had the article up for you. We talked about it briefly one one night. Only one president. I forget the name of the president, which wasn't somehow related by interbreeding bloodlines. That's a genealogy search she did with her father. Um, we can look that up. If you want to look for that, you'll find it. It's mainstream. You can find it even through Google. You don't have to go through an alternative browser to find that. But, but you um, have to admit, Bill, the razzle-dazzle is exciting sometimes. Well, you know, I mean... Entertaining. <laughs> Entertaining, entertaining. To me, to me, it's it's, it's frustrating because it's the right left boot to our necks. Mm-hmm. You talked about the well. Let's talk about COVID a little bit. Can we transition to some of the things that we? I were, don't care. Sure, of course. So whatever you okay, can talk about, whatever you want on this show, I don't care. No, no, no. This is relevant. I, mean, I talk about this. I talk about the Santos and RFK Jr. enough. There'll be another. 17 months of it, so don't, don't worry about it. Well, the issue I have with DeSantis is we spend a 50 cent of every tax dollar you pay federally goes to our military. Mm-hmm. Over half. But that's that's the budget that's accounted for, the $800 billion. But yet there's multiple trillions of dollars every year that's not accounted for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's our real budget? We don't even know. And I have no so, idea. No one has any idea what our real budget is. No, no. Remember, Rumsfeld talked about that the day before they uh, they uh, hit uh, the Pentagon with a with a cruise missile, according to Major General Stubblebine. You mean nine eleven? Yeah. 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 You know that's not conspiracy theory either. You just you got Major General Stubblebine who came out Army surveillance and said he could prove it wasn't a plane that hit the Pentagon. The Turbine in the engine with turbine was out of a, a missile. Uh, we only had one camera working, really. That one of the most surveilled buildings, not to mention, where was NORAD? Where was the North American Radar Boy, Defense the System? The thing that really, that really got me about that one was that the way that building is shaped, the way it lays there, it's, it's really hard to hit. <laughs> That's a hard, well, hard. It's really, I mean, I don't know if Sully could hit that. The way those people did, who had about a week of training, supposedly. Well, well, the, the matter is, John Lear of Lear Jets. There's a affidavit used to be on Google. You can find it if you use Yandex, because Google's YouTube they've censored, self-censored. But uh, John Lear, his affidavit uh, is that there's no way a plane could have hit that building uh, at the height it hit it because it would have lost lift and crashed long before it hit the building. Yeah, I've I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, and then you had Alan Sobrowski, who were college professor, a retired Marine, who said Building 7 was a demo job. They they dropped Building 7, they dropped the other two. And Stubblebine said the Twin Towers was a fraud, what we were told. So these are ex-military guys, you know, and uh, it was the Mossad CIA. And uh, don't forget Larry Silverstein brought the, those buildings, only put down uh, the down payment and then <laughs> collected because it was two planes, he collected uh, in both buildings. He collected big time, right? And uh, there's he he even there's there's lots of 
stuff that used to be available where he's he's saying pull it that that's he was interviewed saying there was a tragedy i'm paraphrasing what happened to two other buildings building seven was heavily damaged never struck by a plane by the way and so we decided to pull it that was demoed there's no question about it that drops in a complete unilateral free fall faster than free fall because the stuff should drop from the center creating a vacuum right and even Kim Iverson had a guy on recently, uh, July 4th special she had on the demolitions of Building 7. I didn't watch the whole thing because there's just so much out there. I've seen so much in the past. Uh, 9-11 architects and engineers for truth. They talk about the uh, demolition of the towers, uh, the thermite, thermite uh, dust, the... Uh, as the buildings are sitting there, uh, let's not forget uh, the guy who designed the Twin Towers said he designed it uh, to absorb two planes, not one. If you watch that plane go into the building, it disappears, wingtip, right into the building, tail and everything. John Lear said impossible. Those wingtips would have, the wings would have sheared off and the tail would have dropped, all would have dropped to the sidewalk. And he said there's no way that plane would cut through that three three inch steel i-beam outer and inner or and virtually come out the other side impossible he said it's totally impossible and then so how do they drop them i mean there's lots of theories i could talk to you about i've studied this a long time like hey i'm well, disabled i'm home right like, now, you know. but i i know there, and there are these documentaries out there you can, yeah you can yeah them. yeah you that was a demo job all over netflix and youtube and all the stuff there have been plenty that have been yeah. made about 9-11. I've, seen, oh, I've yeah. seen a couple of them. I've seen them. Yeah, Loose Change is one. Loose uh, Change was, is the big one. Was that the first yeah. one? That was a really big one. That was, uh, that's InfoWars. Uh, right. Right. We can talk about, um, also, the when you talk about uh, getting back, okay, so we have uh, Richard David Steele, who was in, uh, head of the International Tribunal for Natural Justice, uh, and uh, he's ex-CIA. He talks about the elite predatory uh, uh, sex trafficking that he was uncovering with his panel. And remember I told you he mysteriously died of COVID in 2021? Yes. Yes. Pulling back the veil, and that often happens. And nobody dies of COVID unless you have multiple comorbidities. And it's even right. Dr. Yee didn't even say there's never been a pandemic. He was uh, ex-Pfizer. Uh, uh, Rheologist. Really, that Lancet study yeah, that was pulled on 74%. Sorry? No, good. Good. You dropped that. Yeah, the, I, put, I put a link in uh, the Lancet study that was pulled, uh, the preprint, before it got peer-reviewed. 74%. Uh, the autopsy, 74% caused by vaccines. I put that link in. Uh, it's made a lot of press. I think it was kind of like the Streisand event. Because they pulled it so quickly. It never went to a full peer review, so it's gotten a lot of attention and alternative medias, you know, because of that, you know. Mm -hmm. also, Dr. Peter McCullough's got a thousand peer-reviewed papers. He's a cardiologist. Uh, his methods are not uh, untested, uh, you know what I mean? And right. so, uh, right. you know. But that's, that's you know, who controls? The puppeteers control uh, the transnational corporations and the banksters. Uh, it's really the money behind them, though. I mean, the banksters and money managers, they got a lot of pull, but they're not the real puppeteers. You know what I mean? We were talking right. about that.
Right. So uh, I'm just glancing through. Oh, speaking of ivermectin, by the way, I found in the Journal of Antibiotics, ivermectin antiviral, anti-cancer, anti-parasitic is highly, it's anti-cancer. It's very much anti-cancer. Nobody tells you about that. It's generic and, and in fact, if you combine that with Fabenzazole, I think it's Fabenzazole, yeah. Ivermectin and Fabenzazole is very effective anti-cancer combination, but, uh, they can't make big money. They're both generic drugs. Well, and so. once again, the people who were trying to talk about this were censored. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, Ivermectin is so antiviral that you can find articles on uh, this article that I put uh, the Journal of Antibiotics where it's even effective versus HIV. Mm-hmm. But of course, they didn't tell people it's HIV that. This is the crimes against humanity. They of have course to, they are. There's yeah. no doubt these are crimes. Like I said, these people should be prosecuted and jailed. But also from this point on, now look, I think, and I'm sure you'll agree, we're going to see these vaccine-related injuries and deaths throughout the next decade. It's going to get worse and worse. They're going to add up. But of course, as I said, this is what I said on Twitter. And I think this holds true. People, they'll never be any admitting that these vaccines, they can never, ever, ever admit that these vaccines are causing all these injuries and deaths. Because one, it would cause incredible panic. Think about that. Think about the panic that was spread. If they would ever admit at all that these vaccines cause all these side effects, these injuries, heart attacks, strokes, seizures. People yeah. would be in a panic, okay? Millions of people go into it in a panic. So they'll never, they'll never admit to it. Also, I mean, think about all the, 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 uh, the lawsuits and the outcry over this, if they were ever to admit that. Now, this also comes down to anybody having the balls to go out there and actually talk about this. Any real doctors should go out there and saying, yes, this is causing this. Uh, you know, um, what do you call them? The uh, the ones who do the autopsies, linking it to vaccines. They'll never do it. They'll never have the balls to do it. And so we're in a situation where you're just going to see more and more of these, uh, you know, 18-year-olds, healthy 18-year-olds, you know, getting heart attacks, um, seizures. And I, I have a friend. This is a personal story. I don't have COVID personal stories, but this is one of them. I have a friend who's in his 30s, never had any, listen to this bill, in his 30s, never had any uh, problems, any health issues, Uh young guy. And all of a sudden, about two months ago, he has a seizure. Oh, boy. And he goes, never had a seizure before, no problem, right? 30, 30 years old. And he goes to the doctor, and they do all the tests, blah, blah, and they say, no, there's nothing, there's no There's no brain tumor. There's no obstructions. There's no nothing. We don't find anything. We don't find any abnormalities. They did CAT scans and everything else. Okay. So about six weeks passes and nothing. He was on, they they gave him the, that anti-seizure medication, but the doctor, once all of his papers, his, his, uh, his blood work and his test came back, uh, negative said, don't, don't take it anymore. You don't need to take it. Well, about three weeks later, he has a second seizure. So he has now had two seizures. They were about six weeks apart and now he's back on the anti-seizure medication and he's looking oh to go God. for more tests and get maybe a, a a new neurologist a second opinion but he's worried now listen he only got the original two jabs he never got any of the boosters and he got the original two jabs in early 2021 yeah. so it was like two and a half years so two and a half years he had no problems now all of a sudden he said 
two seizures in the last six weeks. So he, he doesn't know what's causing them. Do you think there'll be one doctor that he sees here in San Francisco that says it's vaccine related or could possibly be vaccine related? I guarantee you he'll never find a doctor that says that. No, no, we, we, they can't speak out against the contemporary narrative. The, don't forget, uh, which was with California passed the law where they they can be brought before the the MA uh, panel if someone complains about them even anonymously. Uh, they're trying to fight that law. Uh, if if your doctor gives you advice versus the uh, AMA narrative, also there was another state where they could lose their license. I can't. I'd have to review which state it was. It was very strict on that. So the doctors are coerced into this. Um, what they do is they make examples of top people like Peter McCullough, cardi- top cardiologists, and uh, and they uh, Texas A and M barely sued him, um, if you recall, uh, so that they he wouldn't use their name while he was out saying that it was a series of bioweapons very early on, talking about using repurposed drugs like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and in areas where. Those drugs are handed out by the World Health Organization to prevent river blindness and uh, malaria, respectively. Right. Their incident of COVID was non-existent, you know. And, Have you uh, heard of any um, alternative medicines? I know you, you've, you're into that. That can, <laughs> like, reverse the side effects of yes. the vaccines or take the vaccine out of you, if you will? Yes. yes. There's a uh, fermented Japanese product uh, called, hold on a second, it's a tongue twister for me. Natokinase. Natokinase. Yes, yes. Now, there's actually a PubMed article on it. It destroys spike protein. Uh, and so, the, of course, the PubMed article, which is NIH, uh, National Institute of Health, PubMed Open Access Medical Journal, that article, of course, they're return, referring there to spike protein to COVID itself, but the so problem with the vaccine, you know, sorry? Protein, as far as you know, and all you've heard and, and, and researched, that spike protein stays in your system well, two years later, two and a half years later? What It's controversial because there's been no long-term extended study like that. The last study I read, I think it went out three months from injection that found that it was still found in... Uh, being uh, spike protein, by the way, was only supposed to last a couple of days in the body and stay in the deltoid. But it right. traveled all throughout the body, and especially women's uh, vital or, uh, uh, reproductive organs. Uh, there was a lot of problems in so that. So it's supposed uh, to stay where it's injected. Right, right. And didn't work out that way. quickly, basically. No, they even found it in brain tissue. And, and in fact, there was a study done with liver cells, uh, in vivo, not in, in vitro, meaning it was in a, you know, outside the body in a test uh, petri dish or something where in, uh, with, uh, in in vitro where they found that it reversed what they call reverse transcriptase where it combined uh, through the R- mRNA reverse transcriptase to the, into the DNA where it became a permanent part of the DNA in those liver cells. Now, 
what they did find, the study I read, was three months after injecting, they found people who still had high levels of spike protein, which would mean it had done, the only way that could be there, and the body's still producing that, if, if the reverse transcriptase had taken place, and it's twice, otherwise, because it was, the body, according to all the studies from Pfizer, what they claim was that, first of all, they had encapsulated in a fatty acid uh, uh, envelope, because uh, mm -hmm. the body, the air would destroy it, the body would destroy it right away. So the fatty acid envelope, it's theorized, had some graphene, which is very hard to destroy. And and, and then uh, they had a positively charged ion to get it into the cell and into the cell cleavage site inside the cell. And that's where it hijacked your cell so that your cell actually produced the spike protein that is not a traditional vaccine, which is normally a, what's called a deadened or um, uh, virus that they have. There's another word they, uh, I just slipping off my tongue. It'll come to me. Let me keep talking. A virus that's altered so that uh, uh, a normal vaccine is attenuated virus. Daniel knows the science. I'm just a layperson reading the science. But it's an attenuated virus. Uh, that normally does not create an immune response. So what they did was they, they attached a um, adjuvant, an irritant, so your body would recognize that. Uh, next time you got a, a, a virus uh, and create an immune response. And the adjuvant used to be mercury, but of course they found that caused, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Mike? The... Uh, I don't know why I'm having trouble thinking all of a sudden. I'm a little overloaded. I think the, 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 the adjuvants, uh, autism. Autism, right. Okay. Right. And so they changed the adjuvant to, from mercury to aluminum now. But mm. there's no long-term study. Remember we were talking about even right. RFK Jr. when he pressed Fauci for a, a double-blind placebo study, gold standard. They've never done them. No. On any vaccine, not just right. COVID. Right? Exactly. It was no vaccine. Yes. Yeah. That's so true. That's people... a good point. It wasn't just a COVID vaccine. It was all vaccines. That's yeah. right. Right. This is, this is, you know, me, I'm into homeopathics. The only vaccines I got voluntarily, I was too young to say yes or no. <laughs> and then when they incarcerated well, me. Yeah, infants yeah. with all these shots. You know, right. I don't get it. That's a right. But I haven't gotten, I don't think I've gotten anything since. I don't think so. No, I don't even get the flu shot. I don't get the flu shot. No, I, and it's the worst thing you could do. Let's talk about uh, doc, Dr. Luke Montagnier, Nobel Prize. Luke Montagnier. He was heavily involved with HIV, studying HIV. Luke Montagnier. He died twenty twenty one mysteriously. He said that the vaccine would called a vaccine induced AIDS, called VAIDS. He called it vaccine vaccine induced AIDS because. The spike protein every time, uh, because the, the virus mutates. And right. so every time, the reason you had to keep getting a vaccine every whatever, six or eight months, because it's a different spike protein. Mm -hmm. And, and that in theory, he theorized that every time you took a shot, it was caused hijacking your, your body. Uh, and if it did reverse transcriptase, you can you imagine? If people got four or five shots, I'd have a different spike protein generating reverse transcriptase uh, DNA alter. Your 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 immune system would be in hyperdrive. Right. The more shots you got, you see what he was saying. Of course. And so, right. Yeah. So he 
he was heavily coming out with that along with a lot of other doctors. He wasn't the I only can't, one. I can't imagine Bill getting, I, I want to wrap this up. But I, I just want to yeah. play one more clip and then end the show. But I can't imagine Bill, you know, getting one shot of this stuff that was never really tested and was, and was, uh, you know, fast tracked by right. Trump and operation warp speed and Fauci. Right. And then not just not getting one, but getting people getting six, seven of these things. It's just in, in, incredible. It really is. My friend, who's having the seizure problem, regrets getting even the initial two. You know, I, I'm glad. I'm glad I never got any of these these shots. Well, Mike, I'll, I'll look up natokinase. Come in tomorrow, and I'll have a link for you. There's also N-acetylcysteine, which yeah. is supposed to destroy spike protein. Because that's it, what he's asking me. He says, is there anything to take this stuff out of your system? Yeah, and some people have resorted to chelation therapy, which is intravenous, uh, right. and had some success because, uh, but that's, you know, that's a whole nother matter. But that's not spike protein. It has to do with another aspect of the vaccine we could talk about tomorrow. But uh, I know you want to end up the show. There's one other thing I put, let me hang on a second now. Oh, oh, uh, well, speaking of, the pandemic, what it did. It foreclosed on my father's bike shop building. I got a, a, a photo of the foreclosure notice. Chris fought it. He was a kid who worked for us for years. They stole the equity, Mike. 225000 2017 appraisal sold for 51400 Jesus. That's what they did to a lot of businesses. The that's many, what many, RFK was talking about. How that's, the COVID years just yeah. killed the, they once again there was this incredible wealth distribution from the middle class from the small business owners to the wealthy the wealthy always... people got wealthier and 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 the middle class once again got the got screwed small businesses got screwed and once again bill i think the point you and i always try to make and i think rfk jr is making is this it, you called it the pandemic. Well, that was planned. There are too many yes. people who believe it was just an unintended, unfortunate. It's isn't it amazing that when the middle class is screwed, when small businesses screwed, when people get rich, it's always unintentional. Come on, give me yeah. a break. No, they do it every time. There's a boom bust cycle. They create them. They they manipulate the markets, and they always bail themselves out every time. The banksters, yes, right. everything. Yeah, hedge fund hedges bail themselves out. They, Perfect. Right. Yeah. The, the, the government is hijacked. Like it's 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 a, it's a uh, USA Incorporated. Yep, <laughs> it's absolutely. hijacked by yeah. the corporate. Well, let me let you go. We'll talk more tomorrow. Okay. Right. Thanks, Mike. And, th- and thanks for the links, putting the links, and helping with. Let's say hi to Brandy. How you doing, sister? Hey, Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill. All right. Thanks. Okay. Bye. I, I do want to play this quickly. I want to play because we're on it. This is DeSantis. Remember, we had talked about how RFK Jr. had said several times that he would indeed prosecute Fauci. He'd put his Department of Justice on it. And if they found that he committed crimes that they could prosecute, he would prosecute. So the answer was yes from RFK Jr. I was wondering if anyone would ask Ron DeSantis about this and what his answer would be. Well, Clay Travis on Outkick, Outkick asked that question if you were president do you think fauci should be prosecuted yes i mean he, he's he is guilty of 
lying before Congress. I mean, give me a break. Now here, this raises an issue that, that you, because, you know, when I, when I look at kind of, you know, how do you get good policy to stick, whatever, what are, what are kind of the pressure points? One of the problems we have in DC is if you're part of the swamp, like they tried to do that guy, Durham tried to do that guy and prosecute him. He got acquitted. Because he, he has to be in Washington, D.C. with an awful jury pool. D.C., right. So the D.C., that area jury pool um, is people like Fauci would be protected in that. That'd be a huge, huge turtle. I'm not saying it's not justified to go ahead, but that'd be a huge turtle. Flip side, it's like, you know, you're a Republican, you're jaywalking. Oh, man, they're going to they're going to get you. They're going to have you. So so that that and what I think what I've said that we should do is a defendant, American defendant in D.C. should have the right to remove the case to their home district. Oh, so like if they tried to ding you, you could move it to Nashville. Right. And I get what is this middle district of Tennessee yeah. or Northern District? So you could do that and then do it. And I just and think, by the way, I think they're going to ding me for something. There you go. Point. You I never, you never presume, know. Right? I know. You know, that's it. Well, you know, if, if, if I get elected, we'll end weaponization. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. But yeah, they, they, that's yeah. the direction they're going. So you have so you have a, just an imbalance and accountability where if you want to hold the swamp accountable, man, they have the ability to nullify yeah. that accountability. Very, very bad. If you so we have two candidates now. Once again. Yes. I mean. Yes. OK. So we have two candidates now. RFK Jr., and DeSantis, that said they would be open. Now, obviously, neither as president should or could just say, you're going to jail. But they can make sure there's accountability. And if there's enough evidence and if their Department of Justice believes they can get a, a you know, successful, successful prosecution, they're going to go for it. We know the answer from Biden is no. That's easy. Um, and uh, I don't know if anyone's asked Trump, but why would he do it? He didn't even fire Fauci. So the guy that didn't even fire Fauci is now going to prosecute Fauci. That's kind of a joke. On the Hunter Biden thing, we'll talk more about this later tomorrow. Um, but uh, the judge has, doesn't want to do the plea deal right now because there are too many things that the judge has promised, uh, namely the gun charge, uh, the you know, what happened was Hunter was a drug addict, a whoremonger drug addict. And because he was a drug addict, he wasn't supposed to get this gun because the drug addiction on the form had asked you if you have drug issues. And he lied and he got the thing. And we saw the photo of him naked carrying the gun at his side. This is once again, he's part of the party, the anti-gun party. Right. So uh, the judge doesn't like <clears throat> the the gun deal, the deal on the gun charge right now. Not doesn't isn't quite sure about the uh the constitutionality of a gun deal because it might violate separation of the powers principle there's some other problems the judge has with the plea deal so it's on hold it could still go forward it's up to the judge or it may not so we'll have more on that but obviously this is something the biden's weren't counting on because they always get their way don't they well maybe they're not always going to get their way anymore okay all right that was a good show i'm happy with this show i'm going to put that down i'm happy with this show the name of it the name of the show you're listening to is and let's be heard it airs weeknights right here on the call-in network that's 11 p.m pacific 2 a.m eastern which means tomorrow night's thursday night so i'll see you right back here all right but until then this is mike kachopoli reminding you that your Influence counts. Use it.